Let's give the praise team another hand, please. Again, we are so thankful for the gift of life and for Jesus Christ who came, bled, and died for our sins. Um, so thankful that we have a chance to come under the banner of Christianity from all walks of life, many who have come from various places this morning, but we're all able to think about the faithfulness of God uh, and to again consider that there are many uh, that didn't make it uh, to this spot in life. Uh, more than a million have died to a coronavirus, whether we had sniffs or coughs or not. Some may have been sick on your, flat on your back. Uh, some may not have had even a fever. Some may have even said, it's no such thing as corona. Uh, but there are some amongst us that have had family members uh, impacted in one way or another. And it's just a reminder that in spite of where we stand on that spectrum, even when millions did not make it, we're here today. And that's but by the faithfulness of God. It's not by our doing, it's not by our wit, it's not by our goodness, uh, it's just God has been good to all of us. And if you agree that that's right, join me by saying amen. Amen. We are so thankful uh, to be here this morning. I was, uh, had the privilege of uh, coming and seeing some familiar faces. Uh, obviously, we're always thankful to be able to, to be a part of the worship experience and be here with the praise team, but this past week, had a chance to, uh, again, be amongst uh, Colson, uh, and then Paul, and then this morning had a chance to see Brother Lance, and it's always good uh, to see familiar faces, Brother John, uh, who's been a friend for many years, and to many of you all, when I look out and I see uh, familiarity, it's good to see you, and it's good to be here uh, this morning as we worship God. Uh, one, on Juneteenth, and secondly, uh, on Father's Day. So happy Juneteenth and happy Father's Day uh, to all of you all that are here. Uh, it's, it's a great day uh, to be in God's house. Uh, had a chance to share with the first uh, worship service this morning. Um, and so, again, I, I share it with them that we do have at the cross, we have a 12 o'clock uh, service that we, we still honor. Uh, when we were meeting here years ago, we would come in at 12. You all were typically exiting. And so we would see two congregations inter, uh, intersecting. And then we, once we were able to purchase our facility, uh, we softball tossed it about the possibilities of starting earlier and no one swung. Uh, and so uh, we're still at noon, it works out good, but the sad side is uh, we'll have to keep this uh, message uh, neatly packed. Um, I tried to negotiate for about an hour and a half and it didn't work. Uh, and so again, the clock has started, so we're going to uh, make good on time. I wanna say again <clears throat> that my being here is, is and, and celebrating with you as a father, um, I would not be a father if it weren't for my kid's mom, okay? Think about it, let it marinate, think about it, think about it, think of, there it is, okay? So again, the first hour, I was not able to share uh, and introduce my, my wife. Uh, we do want to acknowledge that we do have three kids. Uh, my son is here with me this morning, and this is Stephen the second. Uh, Stephen, if you'll just raise your hand, you don't have to stand, because people will see you're taller than I am. Okay, that's right. 
Okay, so that's Stephen. That's, that's a, a sophomore, uh, and so he, he's again he's he's a joy uh, to us. We have two girls that are nurses. One is at Mother Francis. One is at UT. Uh, and so they keep us going, uh, but yet the good side is they have checks with their names on it, and so that's a good thing. And so now I'm asking for allowance, so that's a good thing. Uh, but again, my wife was not here during the first hour because she wanted to grace you all with her presence. Uh, and so again, as I share it with them, she's not typically an early riser, so be real kind. Uh, to her, but if you'll just say hello, yo, this is my wife. Say hello, yo. Y'all can do better than that now. If that was your yo, I would have said it louder than that. Uh, so good, good to see them. Uh, we we shared this morning, uh, continuing a, a, a series that you all have been in for the last several uh, several weeks, I believe, coming from Second Peter, and so we're going to con continue pushing through Second Peter chapter three. Uh, and if you're one to turn there, you can definitely do that. It's great seeing some of my former students uh, here. They, I don't know, I think I was taller. That's what I shared when I was taller when I knew them uh, and saw them the last times. But uh, something happened. But it's good seeing uh, familiar faces and families um, as well as some that I, I presently have. And so it's, it's just great seeing how worlds collide and intersect. Um, Thankfully, uh, thankfully, I, I try my very best not to live two different ways, one at school and one here. So I, I feel pretty comfortable. Second uh, Peter chapter three, beginning at verses five through 10 is where our text will come from. These six verses I simply want to use as a preaching thought. Uh, Christian thinking when things stink. Christian thinkings when things stink. And I pray again. Uh, that this will be helpful. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of life. We thank you for Jesus Christ who came, bled, and died for our sins. We thank you for allowing us to be a part of this worship experience, one that we can continue to think about your faithfulness to us. Even when we've been unfaithful to you, how great your faithfulness is. Now, Lord, we pray that you'd allow us to hide behind the cross as we stand in the same manner that some have stood this morning or they are standing. Our prayer is that you will speak to us. Give me conciseness of speech, clarity of thought, and precision of tongue so that these that are gathered will not just be hearers, but they will be doers of your word. We love you. We give you glory. We give you honor. We pray this in Jesus' name. Let every heart say amen. Sometimes things stink. And it does not matter whether we acknowledge it or not. Sometimes things stink. A few years ago, I purchased some uh, catfish bait. And half of the room already knows. <laughs> yeah. um, I made the mistake when I got that catfish bait of, after using it, I just simply uh, placed it in a Ziploc bag. Because once I opened it, I understood everything in the bag stinks. I placed the catfish bait after I had finished in a little Ziploc that I 
neatly packed in my tackle box. And uh, I thought I had zipped the Ziploc all the way. I thought. Um, I took the tackle box after I put the Ziploc inside the tackle box. I put the tackle box in our garage uh, and went about my way. It was hot in the garage. Let the church say, uh-oh. <laughs> and so I, I remember uh, walking out and I'm thinking to myself, something or someone died. <laughs> but I, I recalled, I'd just gone fishing a couple of days before. Now there'd been time that it passed and in that those days that it passed, I didn't smell anything as bad as I smelled on that particular day. Went out, start searching, trying to see who's out here or what's out here. And I got close to my tackle box and the closer I got, the more that I realized what's stinking. Life sometimes may catch us like that. And we may think we have things all zipped up and all compartmentalized, but the truth is, if you don't keep it under wraps, things will stink. And I have another one for you, even if you got it under wraps, things still stink. Peter is trying to capture the attention of a church that he had just penned a letter to while he was in Rome. He had penned the first epistle, and he's now penning a second time, following up with them, trying to prep them for some stinking times. Peter had spent some time uh, speaking about two important tasks that he wanted them to do. One, he wanted them to be able uh, to stimulate some wholesome thinking. And the second thing, he wanted them to recall teachings from the past. Think about it. He was trying to get them to think about two sources where some of the teaching was coming from. One source was the prophets of old. The second source were the apostles, which would be Paul and Peter. He was writing it to a church, trying to get the church prepared for some stinking times because based upon his previous chapters and previous writings, it appeared that there were some false teachings. And brother shared just a couple of days ago with you all, shared that in the teaching, there were some scoffers that scoffed at the fact that the Lord would soon return. So now here's Peter trying to prepare the church with a pen for some perilous times that if you don't keep things under wrap and keep it zipped up and recall what you've learned in the past as well as stimulate your thinking right now, you are not going to be prepared for the stinking times that will come. Yes, he was writing to the church, but keep in mind, the church is made of people. So it's possible on your role, 
if you were to embark in a conversation for two to five minutes, and it won't matter what age that person is, it won't matter what race they are, it won't matter if they're rich or if they're poor, if you talk to them for about two to five minutes, you may discover for them, things stink. It's possible for things to stink and you're a Christian. If you know that that's the truth, say amen. And so right here in the text, it appears that Peter is now trying to pull on the heartstrings of God's people, penning a letter while he's in Rome, a second time after he's already written to them a first epistle, trying to prepare them for some false teachings. But watch this. Now he's preparing them because He's trying to let them understand the things that are going to stink the most is there may be some teachings coming from scoffers and mockers, not just from the outside, but from the inside. Solomon, in his wisdom, as he wrote a Proverbs to his son or to those that were under his tutelage, Share that there are four types of people. One, being the wise, as fear of God is the beginning of knowledge. He speaks about the simple. He speaks about the fool. The fool is the one then that totally denies that God is who he said he is, does not acknowledge God. Solomon says that's a fool. There's a fourth type of person that Solomon speaks about. In his wisdom, he says, you also need to be prepared for the scoffer or the mocker. And those words are used interchangeably. Almost about 400 times is used throughout scripture. Scoffer, mocker, interchangeable terms. It's been stated, the best way to understand what a scoffer and a mocker is, if you know what a fool is, a scoffer and a mocker is a fool on steroids. That's the person that not only denies that God is who he says he is, but gets pleasure out of trying to pull someone else to totally disregard who God is. So when we're looking at what Peter's writing to the church, He's trying to make sure that the church is prepared for distractions from the outside and distractions from the inside. Now, think about this. Here's the church already saved in a world that stinks. I mean, let's, let's be real. If we look at the world that we live in, we can see some things in this world that just stinks. If you don't think it stinks, turn on the news. If you don't think it stinks, open up history books. If you don't think it stinks, Open up your eyes. The world stinks. 
There are things that some of you all are dealing with personally. Stinks. Can you imagine loving someone, giving them everything that you can, and then only to find out that the person that you were really pouring your heart out to had a separate life? That stinks. Can you imagine trying to teach and raise a child and they go from your knee, but the older they get, some of the older saints know what I'm about to say, they go from your knee to your heart. That stinks. And Peter is trying to persuade the church with a pen in the same manner that Pastor Leg stands on Sundays, uh, Brother Paul stands on Sundays, trying to persuade you with words, same way I'm trying to stand, trying to persuade you, we have to consider how we think. Fifteen times in these three chapters, Peter either speaks directly or indirectly about the word thinking. It's a reason. He wants them to be prepared for stinking times. If we were to sum this sermon up in one sentence and to give you a carry out message, you know, he's alluded to the fact uh, that I'm from Southwest Arkansas. Um, that does not necessarily mean that I'm country, but it's a good indicator. <laughs> and, and one of the things that we typically would do after eating um, it didn't matter if it was a little corner that was left. You paid for it. You might as well take it home. And so we would simply ask for a carry-out uh, plate. And so I know, again, the clock on the wall says it's not a lot of time for us to sift through this. But so that you can have a carry-out message, something for you to feast on. If someone asks you later, what was the message about? If Pastor Led comes back and he's, he's questioning you, uh, the carry-out message that you can give him is when things stink, we must think. And if you're a note taker, go ahead and write that one down. The other uh, points that we give, there'll be some careful considerations. But a take home truth is that when things stink, notice I'm not saying if things stink, when things stink, because if you've not run into some stinking times, just keep on living. And when things stink, you do not need to move out of emotion or out of panic or even out of uh, a, a place of fear and of concern, wondering where is God? No, no, no. God is exactly where he was before things started stinking for you. And so when things stink, we must think. Let's consider this about the text. First consideration is we need to consider God's word. If you're a note taker, you might want to write that down. That's for verses five through seven. We need to consider God's word. That's what we need to think about, God's word. Look in the text, if you will. There are three times the New International Version uses the word but. It provides us a pretty clear uh, framing of this message. He uses the word but three times in the New International Version. Uh, one of those times is in verse five. Typically, when you see the word but, 
It allows for you to know everything that happened beforehand. It's going to be slightly different than what you see after the word but. Peter says this. He says, but they, if I were in study, I would then underline the they and see who's the they that this text is speaking about. Points back then to verses one through four. The they are the scoffers. So now in verse five, he says, but they deliberately forget that long ago by God's word, the heavens came into being and the earth was formed out of water and by water. Now think about it. The scoffers that's mentioned in verses one through four on purpose forget God's word. Why? Why in the world would someone try to forget God's word? Well, let's look at verses one through four. As it was shared a couple of days ago to you, you, you remember that in verses one through four, this is what it said. It said that there was a time period then where those that were uh, scoffers, they came scoffing and following their own evil desires. They were living it up. They were trying to satisfy themselves. And so they scoffed. They mocked. And they said in verse four, they said, where is this coming? He promised. The coming. They're talking about the Lord's return. In essence, they're saying, he hasn't come yet. I know he said he was going to come. But he hasn't come yet. If I were to pan the room and just simply pass the mic, if we did open mic this morning and just pass the microphone one at a time, I'm certain I could find at least five people and I would make six that there have been some moments that God did not move at my command. We have to consider God's word and because he delays does not mean he denies. It's possible that God continues to remind us two truths. And I'm going to share these truths with you. This is as deep as we will get this morning. We will not get any deeper than this. Uh, but this is a deep theological truth that I think all of us would benefit from. Here's the first one. We are not God. The second one. He is God. Pause, rewind. I'm going to play it one more time. What the first truth is, regardless to how much we think we have it together, none of us are Jesus Jr. None of us. Does not matter how long we've been a part of a church. It does not matter how upright we may carry ourselves. It does not matter how when people hear our names, they smile. We're not God. And he reserves the right 
to respond right now. He reserves the right to respond later. And I know this one may hurt. And he reserves the right to not respond at all. But in this text, when we're speaking about the Lord's return, the scoffers mocked because time had passed from the cross. Time had passed from the cross to the tomb. Time had passed now from the tomb to the sky. And the scoffers were well aware of the teachings from the prophets. But they're saying, he hadn't come. No, God may not come when you want him. But he's always on time. Think about it. He can't be late. He's Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the first and the last. It's no way he can be late because he's always right there. He's on time. Applied for a job. Didn't get a response. Not yet. Been praying for healing. Still sick. And some mocker may say, where is your God? You prayed and you're still in the hospital. You're still sick. Tell him, yep. He has not responded yet. The world that we live in stinks and would try to convince us that he's not coming back. He hasn't come back yet. Amen. And so here, what Peter is trying to persuade the church with a pen is the same thing that I'm trying to persuade you with these words. Consider God's word. If he says it, you can count on it. I know this may miss probably three-fourths of the room, but for those of you all that are in here uh, and your hair is a little bit lighter, are a little bit more absent than others, <laughs> you'll remember the E.F. Hutton commercials? When he talks, thank you. People listen. When God speaks to us through his word, we need to listen. When God speaks to us through people, prophets of old, apostles of the present, we need to listen. Consider God's word. When things stink, Christians don't mock God's word. Christians think and consider God's word. Second consideration is we need to consider God's way. Consider God's way. If you're a note taker, write that one down. That's verses eight through nine. Uh, it deals with his timing. His timing then is that God reserves the right to delay. 
not to move at such a pace because we get in such a panic, because we're on this timetable that by the time uh, I get to the end of the year, I need to be at this spot. God is not moved by our panic and our anxiety. He's God. And look at the text, if you will. In verse 8, Peter says this. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends, with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in coming in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. Instead, look at this. He is patient with you. Not wanting anyone to perish, not wanting anyone to perish, not wanting anyone to perish. I'm going to ask you, help me preaching and say he doesn't want anyone. Think about this, the scoffers, the mockers. I began to look at this text and I, I thought back to Solomon's warning to his son or to those under his tutelage. And I began to think, where do the scoffers come from? I mean, think about, it. is this a, like a, a nationality? Do they have their own country? Uh, you got the Scottish. Is there a, a place for scoffers? Uh, the, the scoffers, the mockers. Is this like some, some alien group that comes in under the cover of night and they start mocking and then they leave and go to some unknown land? No, no. Scoffers and mockers Believe it or not, some of the scoffers and mockers have your last name. Think about it. Think about it. Some of the scoffers and mockers you work with. Some of the scoffers and mockers, when you left home this morning to come to church, they were still at the house eating Fruit Loops. It's possible for scoffers and mockers to be in our circle of influence. Now think about it. We love the people that we know, don't we? We care enough about them where we don't want to see anyone go to hell. I mean, in the worst moments of a person's uh, attack, when they feel like things are stinking, sometimes people will say the worst things to someone and tell people, look, you can go to certain places. No one really wants that. And God delays his, his coming because he's patient. He's giving us a chance as the church to not only connect with the world when it stinks. He didn't remove us from it. I mean, you've been saved for quite a while, many of you, and he didn't snatch you up and say, okay, you're saved, you're done, let's go. So why are you here? To contrast, to show that there are some buts, to show then that even though the world lives one way, uh, you're not living that way, you're a contrast, it's darkness, you're light, 
It's, it's a world that's unfit. You're salt. Uh, you're, you're light on a hill. You are a person that's been called out of darkness and into the marvelous light. You contrast just by the very essence of you being one of God's children. So why? Why does the church inside of it have people that deal with stinking times and they panic because God didn't move like I thought he should move. It's because sometimes we don't consider God's word and sometimes we don't consider God's way. One illustration and then we'll move to our third and final consideration. Undoubtedly, one of my all-time favorite desserts was pound cake. Love a good pound cake. Back home, they call it heavy cake. Um, I was not able to get to this slim, trim figure without, <laughs> without pound cakes. But one of the things about it, and, and it, it most likely was not healthy. If there are doctors or nurses here, please don't stand up now and say, no, absolutely, that's not healthy. That's not. When it was mixed in the mixing bowl, even after the cake was poured into the pan and put into the oven, uh, one of the good things is that you could take the mixing bowl uh, and, yep, and you could uh, go ahead and start eating the cake batter. Now, kids, don't try this at home. Uh, but you would eat that and you'd sit. Uh, but we would sit patiently because we knew that was just the beginning. The good stuff was going through a process. And a part of that process is it had to go through the heat. And we couldn't rush it just because what was in the mixing bowl was good. Then we reach in and get it, and then we realize it's not done. So we had to sit. We had to learn patience. We had to learn how to sit and wait and allow the process to go through. But when we were able to wait, when we were able to sit there and just be patient and allow time to do, because see, patience is not only just sitting and waiting, it's how we act while we're waiting. I mean, it would have been detrimental if I would have smelled the cake and I reach in, I would have burned my hand. I had to learn how to act as if I had good sense. I had to think. And because I understood that sometimes things take time the good things came to pass. In life, when things are stinking, I want to encourage you to go get you a good piece of pound cake. And when you do that, I want you to consider God's word and consider God's way. One last and final consideration, and we'll bid you adieu. We need to consider that God will return. That's not a point for you to turn us off. That's not a point for you to get sad. Listen. The good news is soon and very soon we will see the king. 
Now, I want you to understand, I get it as a child. I remember when people would say, look, he's coming back. I, I had all types of feelings. I was like, but I want to I go to college. I want to be able to get, get a house. I want to be able to, to start my family. I want, and I understand that. But the longer that I live, the more unfamiliar this world is to me. I see things now I would have never have dreamt would occur in this world. But this is all I know. I mean, I've never been to another world. I've never been to this place that I stand and I try to plead with people to repent for the kingdom of God is and I've never been there but listen I believe that it's there and I got another one for you I believe that the Lord will return right in the text look if you will verse 10 Peter says this with a pen in the same way I'm trying to plead with you with these words he says but the Lord will come like a thief I've never been a thief but from what I know about thieves, and some of you all that have been thieves in your life, you can confirm this. A thief does not announce, here I come. Isn't that right? Any thieves in here? A thief does not announce it, but he does come. And what Peter is saying, the Lord will come like a thief. Now, I could stop there. I could stop there and just say that's enough. That's enough for me. My, my, my theology does not have to be that deep just to know if the Lord said he's going to come, he's going to come. The, one of the hardest classes that I took in seminary was eschatology uh, because they, we spent times, we spent classes speaking about end times and certain signs and how certain prophets uh, said certain things and how it lined up with present times. And we looked at uh, scripture and we saw different wars in different places. And uh, we saw people that were postured and we spoke about the Antichrist. And I was like, I'm glad they don't say uh, that I look like the Antichrist, you know? And so it was just time after time being spent. I came from a very modest background where it was one truth that I had. If God said it, I need to believe it. And his word said that he's coming back. That's all I need. I don't know about you. You don't have to go through 50 and 60 scriptures with me. If he said he's coming back, I believe. I'm just crazy enough to believe that. When the world stinks like it stinks, look, I got a very simplistic view of life. If he said it, I believe it. And Peter is saying, we need to consider this. So as we're thinking about the world and we're thinking, yes, the heavens will disappear with a roar. Yes, the elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. It helps me to deal with this world. When I'm trying to fight and pull things together, look, this is not our home. Amen. The house, the house that we, we spend so much time trying to keep up and we're trying to make sure that this doesn't fall apart and we're trying to make sure this is paid for it's great to have these things but these things will pass away the one truth that I know is that this world stinks you don't have to say it I can smell it you don't have to say it I, because I've spent time trying to zip it up and keep it compartmentalized 
We are unable to keep the stink contained. But while the world stinks, we've been given an opportunity by God's grace to connect with the world, to contrast from the world, and then to compel. You have people in your life, whether it's at work, at school, in your families. You have people. They're fools on steroids. How will you reach the loss? How will you share this gospel that Jesus came, he died, he rose again, he got up with all power in his hand. The wooden cross is symbolic of the suffering. The tomb is symbolic that he he's not there anymore. But there's another promise we got. He will return. How will you compel the loss? Not by fear, not by beating someone down, saying uh, you need to stop doing this so that you can. No, no, no. How will you be able to compel the loss? It's with compassion. It's with grace. Same grace has been extended to you. The mercies that we have, they're new every morning. The way that we show love to people that don't look like us, that don't believe like us, that don't walk like us. How will we share with them that the same God that saved us can save them? It's by God's grace that we're in this stinking world. And it's by God's grace that we'll navigate through it. When I went out to my tackle box and discovered that that Ziploc was not all zipped away, I finished zipping it and I threw it away. I don't have the capacity to be able to throw things away. You don't have the capacity in your life possibly to throw things away but I serve a God that if we take our stinking things to him, we stop holding on to these stinking things that we can identify. I serve a God that is able to take it and the stink that has us so consumed will be a far gone memory. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the power of your word for these, your people. Now, Lord, our prayer is that you will continue to allow your word to work on their hearts and in their minds. We pray that with clarity, they'll be able to sift through these scattered thoughts and apply it to their lives. This is our prayer. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.